to the Botched Finish Podcast. Enjoy the following honest conversation about wrestling for people you'd want to watch wrestling with. And now your host. What's up, everybody? I'm Lopaki, and this is The Undercard, one of the weekly shows from the Botch Finish podcast. The Undercard is one where we'll focus on the news and notes uh, and from the world outside of AEW and WWE. In this episode in particular, we'll be picking up on uh, New Japan, uh, Major League Wrestling, NWA, Ring of Honor, and a little bit of Impact. I hope you enjoy. As always, we appreciate any feedback, so please uh, like, rate, comment, reply, DM, you know, whatever you want to do we appreciate uh, any support and, and feedback you guys can offer in the meantime i hope you enjoy the episode All right, so we're going to go ahead and get started here. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit of New Japan. Uh, Specifically, we're going to touch on the World Tag League. Uh, It's been going on now for, I believe, about two weeks. It's uh, one of the major tournaments that New Japan runs each year. Uh, This year, it is a 16-team tournament, so it's 16 different tag teams working in a round-robin-style tournament. Um, A couple of the people I want to highlight here, I want to go ahead and talk about the people right, or the teams right at the top of the bracket. Right now, uh, right now we do have a three-way tie for first place. Uh, the teams in uh, currently tied for first place are the Chaos Tandem of Tomohiro Ishii and Yoshihashi. We have uh, the team of Finn Juice, which is David Finley and Juice Robinson. And lastly, we have uh, Lij Evil and Sonata, who are two-time defending champions of the World Tag League. Now, a couple of the reasons I wanted to talk about them right off the bat is because it is looking like they are going to be the favorites leading into the finals or the last. The last few days of the tournament into the finals. Uh, the only other teams here that really stand a realistic chance of catching them are going to be a Suzuki Goon, which is a uh, uh, this this one's a Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer. Uh, Lance Archer, your U.S. heavyweight uh, champion. There uh, we have uh, the Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga and Tangaloa, and then we do have the comedic duo of Colt Cabana and Toriyanu. But again, Chaos, Finjuice, and Lij. They're going to be the ones to watch. Uh, really interesting to see how high uh, Ishii and Yoshihashi are. Uh, they weren't a, a, a consistent tag team leading into this, and they've been booked really strong. I'd really look for... Uh, coming out of World Tag League for them to well to get a little bit of run and get a little bit of attention there. Okay, now once again, the prize for the team that wins the World Tag League is a, a shot at the IWGP uh, Heavyweight Tag Championship, which is currently held by Gorillas of Destiny. We mentioned Tamutanga and Tangaloa. Um, and that uh, match will be at Wrestle Kingdom, which is the other thing I really wanted to touch on uh, from New Japan. So Wrestle Kingdom is the uh, big time uh, pay-per-view or, or big event um, show for New Japan each year. Um, it typically happens right at the beginning of the year right that first week of january uh, this year it is going to be a two-night special which is really interesting and we'll get into that in a minute but it's going to be january 4th and january 5th okay now um 
the way that they have it set up is so the first night of action we have a pretty good idea of what that card looks like and then the second night of action is going to be kind of dependent on the first night so on that first night so again that's january 4th um, wrestle kingdom we have a number of ta uh, title matches we have uh, kazuchika okada who is the iwgp heavyweight champion um, he's defending his belt against g1 tournament winner kota ibushi we have the iwgp intercontinental title that's going to be defended by Jay White against the LIJ leader Tetsuya Naito. We also have the IWGP Junior Heavyweight title currently held by Will Ospreay. Uh, he's going to be defending that against a returning uh, Takahashi or Hiromu Takahashi. It's going to be really interesting to see how they can work, especially with Takahashi being uh, so fresh to coming back. And also the other match announced is a... Uh, it's a multi-man tag match. It's going to be uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, the Japanese legend. It's going to be his final match. And the match itself is going to be filled with other, you know, luminaries or legends within Japanese wrestling. So we have uh, Jushin Thunder Liger, Tatsumi Fujinami, the great Sasuke, uh, Tiger Mask. We have uh, Shinjiro Otani, uh, Takaiwa, Taguchi's in it, <laughs> Ryusuke Taguchi, still an actor wrestler, gotta love him. Um, but yeah, no, there's a lot, lot of big names it's going to be a kind of a feel-good moment for the japanese crowd and for the wider wrestling audience honestly jushin thunder liger is a guy that um you know his impact is felt more than just in japan he's a he's a, a guy that i can remember from my childhood watching and you know he's kind of a responsible for introducing a large part of my generation of fans to japanese wrestling so you know it'll be kind of cool to send him off all right now talking about the second night so this is january 5th now, what's interesting here is so we have our title matches, our singles matches at the top of the card on, on the 4th. The very next night, whoever wins the heavyweight championship, so it's uh, the one that Okada's holding, and whoever wins the intercontinental championship, the one that Jay White's holding, they are going to face each other in the main event and unify the belts so you know two champions walk in one guy walks out with both belts and it's going to be really interesting to watch honestly i think it's a really cool concept especially with them doing this two-day pay-per-view thing you really gotta find a reason to tune in that next night right so that's gonna be cool um we also have the two uh, people that would have lost the, the championship matches the night before. So um, that's, again, that's Jay White, Tetsuya Naito for the Intercontinental, Okada and Kota Ibushi for the heavyweight um, title. Those two people that would have lost the night before will also be having a singles match. Now, in addition to that, we do have a confirmed dream match. We have Chris Jericho. Yeah, Chris Jericho, Le Champion fame. But uh, he'll be uh, going to Japan and he's going to be wrestling... Hiroshi, Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, the ace of New Japan. So, you know, those are going to be two of the major figures in wrestling over the last decade plus, you know, and it, it's for a lot of people, myself included, it's a match that we never thought we'd get. And and by the time we, we got it now, or by the time we may be able to get it, it may not be worth watching. That's not the case here. These guys are two pros. They're going to put on a great match, and any limitations they may have, you know, physically from what it could have been years ago, going to make up for it with psychology and, you know, true veteran ring work. So I'm looking forward to that. Tanahashi, Chris Jericho, second night of Wrestle Kingdom. 
Uh, also on that night, we're going to be having the junior heavyweight tag team titles defended. Just got to throw this in there because I am a huge fan of Rapongi 3K, Show and Yo, and uh, they're getting the shots. So they're getting a shot at the belts currently held by the Bullet Club tandem of Taiji Ishimori. Ishimori and uh, El Fantasmo, but uh, that's going to be a, a fun match to watch. It's one of my favorite things to watch in all of wrestling, that New Japan Junior Heavyweight Tag Division. So, um, yeah, I recommend checking that out. Once again, that's January 4th and 5th, New Japan Wrestle Kingdom. It will be a, a two-night extravaganza. Also, while I'm looking at the dates, we do have the World Tag League Finals coming up. We have the last two days of competition and then the finals uh, coming up within the next week. It's going to be uh, uh, on New Japan World for those who, who are subscribing there. It's going to be worth watching. We have live English commentary, but that's uh, December 5th. Sixth is the last two days of competition, and then on the eighth, we're going to have the um, the finals. So be worth be worth checking out. It's a great time to get into New Japan. Wrestle Kingdom season's really entertaining, and um, you know if you haven't been watching, it's a good time to to get on board. All right, so moving on to the latest in the world of Major League Wrestling, or MLW, a couple of things I want to hit on. We just had a Thanksgiving special that is really worth watching. If you haven't watched MLW yet, there's some uh, some of their top talents working that. It is free. You can get it on YouTube, and it has... Um, well, it has a, a major uh, plot twist or swerve at the end, if you will. So um, I recommend checking it out. Not a bad time to get into MLW either. Uh, and this would be kind of a chance to get by, get into some storylines that's going, um, their storylines that they're building. A um, couple of the people I want to highlight that are on that card. Uh, we do have right at the top, we have Jacob Fatu and Marshall Von Erich. Um, they're uh, wrestling a singles match at the top. Normally the Von Erich, uh, Marshall Von Erich is in a tag team with his brother Ross. They're the new age Von Eriks, and they're pretty exciting to watch. Still a little green, but you can tell there's some potential there. And, you know, as I've uh, said before, and if you follow us on Twitter, you're aware of, I'm a big fan. Uh, that's, Lopaki is a big fan. Can't talk about the other guys, but a big fan of Jacob Fatu, who is their champion. So we recommend checking it out. Now, the other big note I really want to talk about um, that kind of went a, a little under the radar over the uh, last weekend, you know, with War Games and Survivor Series, we did have a debut in MLW. Now, as of yet, there hasn't been a women's division really in, in Major League Wrestling. So uh, one of the, the commitments that the company and Court Bowers made is to build this women's division going into 2020, excuse me, going into 2020. Now, um, the first signing they announced is, I believe it's Zeta, Zeta Zhang, which is a, a former Mae Young, um, Young Classic competitor, really talented, kind of an MMA style. Um, and we also have the second big signing, which is none other than Priscilla Kelly. Um, she was, it was kind of a mysterious debut. They billed her as the spider lady. There wasn't, um, a lot of, or there was a lot of intrigue and mystery around, you know, who that could be. Turns out to be Priscilla Kelly, who is one of the biggest free agent women that kind of out there on the market. So the fact that she signed to MLW and likely signed with a, a you know, pretty exclusive agreement is a big deal. So that's a good addition to that, that growing women's division. I'm really curious to see what they do with that moving forward, especially into next year. 
Now, the next big event they have coming up is one I am pretty excited for. It's a, uh, um, they are, or, so it's the Opera Cup. And what the Opera Cup is, is it used to be a tournament um, for pro wrestlers uh, back in the day when it was still, uh, uh, you know, they still really worked in kayfabe and a lot of it you know wasn't as uh, soft as they like to say i mean those guys work stiff and uh the, anyway the last guy to win the tournament was Stu hart none other than you know the head patriarch of the the famed hart family he was the last guy to win it and he won it like back in the 60s and so what they did is he has the trophy and apparently it's been in some like on some shelf or you know whatever at the hart uh, mansion for so long um you know people kind of just forgot about it well um teddy hart found it and teddy hart decided it was going to be a good idea to you know or restart the tournament so mlw is hosting the uh first opera cup tournament in over 50 years that's coming up on december 5th um and in that tournament we're go or in that on that night we're going to have um well we're gonna have a lot of really worthwhile people to watch i just want to highlight those uh, opera cup matches real quick in the first round we have mjf yeah, recent M MJF of recent AEW notoriety. <laughs> and uh, we have him in a match against the stablemate, um, for his stablemate Dynasty, which is an MLW kind of faction, but uh, MJF versus Hammerstone. Uh, we also have TJP versus Brian Pillman Jr. We have uh, Richard Holiday versus Timothy Thatcher. And then uh, Davey Boy Smith Jr. against uh, Japanese legend Otani, who's actually going to be at Wrestle Kingdom. Talked about that earlier. Now, um, I imagine, you know, they're going to wrestle those first round matches and the winners are going to go on. So it'll be worth watching. These guys in and of themselves are going to be matches or these matches that are announced are going to be worth watching. So um, just to kind of make sure, guys, we have it should be a really interesting or entertaining night of television. Now, speaking of that, it is not a pay-per-view event. It is a uh, fusion taping. So we will get this as a wider audience if you're not in the New York area, which is where they're, where they're filming it. Um, if you're part of the wider audience, then you'll have to wait for them to come out with it on um, on their YouTube channel or on being sport. But it'll be pretty cool um, once it is. Uh, I'm really interested to see how they book that and who's going to look strong. And it should be fun. All right, so it's time to talk about what was surprisingly one of the best things I watched in wrestling this week. I'm going to go ahead and touch on Impact Wrestling, who this week put on a, a throwback episode to a fictional wrestling promotion that may or may not have existed in 1985. I feel like that's the right year to peg it at. But yeah, it was a throwback episode, kind of like the ones that WWE likes to do with like an old time Raw or whatnot. But this one was a very comedic kind of satire spoof take on the whole like old wrestling um, presentation and all that. It was super, it was uh, really cool. They had their talent wrestle under different gimmicks and different names. And a lot of them were super entertaining. My personal favorite was Rapid Delivery Pete, who's a pizza boy he came out with pizzas to the ring who's actually rich swan um, they had a couple of other ones that are pretty cool but i recommend checking it out um again it is the latest um episode of impact i watched it on access tv it air airs um tuesday nights 
Um, they uh, you might might be listed under the IPWF or the Impact Provincial Wrestling Federation um, episode, but it'll be worth checking out. I'll tell you, it was a pleasant surprise. I enjoyed every second of it, and I personally hope they do kind of fun stuff like that some more. Because as I've said in you know the past. Uh, the one thing Impact needs to do to really kind of stand out and, and really start to uh, build a, a positive and solid momentum with the company is to, you know, try uh, try to do different things. And you know, that's actually one thing I want to talk about now. Um, Tessa Blanchard, it came out recently that Tessa Blanchard suffered a uh, injury um, at a Rev Pro or Revolution Pro event in Britain. Now, um, from what I can understand, it isn't a serious, a serious enough injury for her uh, match in January with Callahan um, for the Impact World Championship. Um, for that to be in jeopardy, but it is worth noting. I mean, Tessa's a popular wrestler. She gets booked all over the place doing quite a number of things. So um, you got to be careful there. I mean, there's a lot invested for impact in Tessa and rightfully so. So it's always scary to hear that, you know, one of your talents got injured you know, working elsewhere. So, uh, worth watching, by the way, just want to mention that again, she does have a title match. She is wrestling for the impact world championship currently held by Sammy Callahan. That's going to be a main event of a, a major pay-per-view. So that's kind of a history making moment worth, worth catching. It's in, it's uh, hard to kill, but again, it's not till January. So a little bit of build still to be had, which is why you can catch impact Tuesday nights on access. All right, a couple of other impact things. Um, there is actually a coming or a um, title defense that Sammy Callahan is going to um, uh, have before the Tessa match. Right now, he's actually uh, getting ready to wrestle Rich Swan for the Impact World Championship. That's going to be at Impact No Surrender. It's going to, that's a. December 7th, um, and again, Callahan and Swan working at the top of that card. Um, I believe they're doing that show with um, another promotion. I, I had, I'd had i have to check my notes, but worth checking out. Um, Callahan and Swan have some great chemistry. They go back, you know, years and years and years, and when you get guys that are that close and, you know, that comfortable with one another, you very often get some very entertaining, um, you know, matches. So worth checking out. Um, if you get a chance, I recommend checking out the latest episode of Impact on Access. Again, that's the IPWF episode, and uh, keep an keep an out or keep an eye out for Hard to Kill come January. I believe it's the middle of January, and that pay per view is going to be a big one. Okay, moving on. Um, getting to NWA, one week removed from the Jim Cornette controversy. Um, we did have an NWA Power episode this week, and they are definitely building to the uh, first pay-per-view event um, you know, that they're looking to put on after this NWA Power relaunch. Um, that is the NWA Into the Fire event. I believe it's available on Fight. Uh, it'll be... December 14th um, really interesting or really interesting kind of build there um, NWA is very much a hot topic right now lots of lots of great feedback from all over the wrestling industry but they um, are very much kind of in the infant fa infant phases of the the promotion and how they're gonna present it and this first big pay-per-view will be a bit a big test for them. 
Um, talking about that pay-per-view, though, let me go ahead and go over that card. Uh, lots of uh, or uh, lots of uh, names you'll recognize, plus some people if you don't recognize. Uh, but I really recommend checking out. Right at the top, we do have Nick Aldis, the Real World's Champ, um, formerly known as Magnus with TNA. Um, he's going to be defending the NWA World Championship. Um, the same one that traces its lineage back to Jack Briscoe, Harley Race, Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, all of them. Um, he's going to be def defending that belt against the Cowboy James Storm, also of TNA Impact fame. Um, that is going to be a two out of three falls match, which is a really cool throwback. Uh, back in the day, that was how um, big time matches for, you know, back when Harley Race and Ric Flair and all of them were wrestling, how they, they like to... Um, no settle things the two out of three falls so that's going to be right at the top um nick aldis and james storm we do also have um colt cabana he's on kind of the mid belt i guess you would you would classify it it's the nwa national heavyweight title um he's going to be defending that it hasn't been confirmed who he'll be defending it against but um there are a few really interesting candidates right now so i'm not worried about um who it'll be i imagine it'll be a worthwhile match but you know he's a guy that well, he's a guy that's worth watching, and it's not always easy to find his stuff. So Colt Cabana will be or will be on that card. Um, one of my, or probably my favorite match that they've announced is uh, Ken Anderson. Um, that is Ken Anderson of both TNA Impact and WWE fame. Uh, he's going to be on the card. He's wrestling one of my new favorites. He's a guy that admittedly I didn't really get a lot of exposure to until NWA, but since I've been watching his work, I've been a huge fan of, and that's Eli Drake. So Ken Anderson, Eli Drake, working um probably near the top of the card there both of those guys are going to be positioned to do big things for nwa they both kind of fit the mold that nwa is going after so would not be surprised to see that be a match they they gave a lot of attention to and put in a kind of a premier spot uh, one other note i want to bring up um, coming out of this last week of nwa power and that's their weekly show you can catch that on youtube again that's on tuesday nights tuesday is low-key one of the hottest like maybe the hottest night for wrestling if you're into um you know kind of the uh, indie scene or, or whatnot but um yeah tuesday nights on the nwa youtube channel that's the N nwa power this last week we did have a interview with melina of uh formerly of wwe she is back in the wrestling world at a, a major uh company um she looks like she's going to be positioned to be more of a, a manager than anything else but you know she still has some some tread on her tires for the ring i imagine you know it wouldn't be too far of a stretch to think she would get back in there but um that's really interesting um one of the bigger names that they've been able to debut her and maybe damian sandow or aaron stevens as he wrestles now under his given name but that's cool to see um, with her, um, Thunder Rosa, who's going to be a big star for them and likely in the larger wrestling world here very soon. And then, um, you know, that's going to form or in Marty Bell, that's going to form kind of a really interesting, um, you know, a Hispanic, Latino um you know, a heel woman's team, like woman's faction. I think it'll be cool. Um, I'm anxious to see kind of how they work that, but she is there. It looks like she's going to be a player, and I really wanted to note that that former WWE diva at the time, uh, Melina, is uh, one of the uh, new signees or new debuts for NWA.
Uh, also, they are looking to launch a circle, a new weekly show, uh, Circle Squared, where it's going to be a kind of a showcase of independent wrestlers. So you can submit um, your work, your promo, things like that, and um, they'll go through, get you out or get some wrestlers out there. So that'll be kind of cool to get some eyes on some other talent. So doing lots of stuff, all available through YouTube. Recommend checking it out. Um, that is NWA, the newly relaunched, reformatted, and re presented NWA okay so like I uh, prefer to do normally um, I like to leave the subject I I want to talk the most about kind of towards the end that's why last week was NWA because of Jim Cornette this week I actually am going to talk a little bit about Ring of Honor um, now Ring of Honor is Okay, let's just get to it. So Ring of Honor, the biggest story there this last week has been Kelly Klein, who is the current reigning Women of Honor champion. Um, she's actually been released and let go from, from the company. Um, and there's a lot of noise and a lot of smoke, a lot of controversy um, surrounding that exit. Now, just to kind of give some background here, um, what it all stems from is Klein uh, wrestled a match, took a bad bump, and um, got concussed. And from the reports vary to severe, mild, you know, all of that. But one thing that that's all consistent is um, she got a concussion. Now, part of the problem um, stemmed from the fact that Ring of Honor did not have medical um, staff on site when she had that concussion so she couldn't get a examination quickly she didn't know she had a concussion for quite some time and that led to her actually going to uh, wrestle a uh, booked date i believe it was in i know she had to leave the country i want to say it was like south uh, like south africa or something but she had a, um, a contracted date there so She's uh, uh, either getting ready to go there, she gets there, she's not feeling well, she's really starting to, to get these, um, you know, to, to get the symptoms of a concussion, post-concussion syndrome, um, and she reaches out to one of the producers at the time at Ring of Honor. Um, he's a guy that a lot of people will know better by his ring name. He was Joey Mercury for many years with WWE. Um, but yeah, he was a producer there and she reached out to him and there were a number of kind of a back and forth and it was apparent that she did have suffer a concussion and she should not be wrestling in another match and she needs to you know go see a doctor and all that so he basically told her that you're you're not you're not wrestling come back we're gonna you know get you taken care of and then um he turned around and you know kind of told the company like, and i'm not sure how that conversation went probably didn't go very well joey mercury is known to be kind of a uh, hot-blooded type of guy so it's a uh, i imagine it didn't go well and so um joey mercury ended up leaving the company okay and since then, he has kind of been a whistleblower. He's talked about a lot of the mismanagement that's been going on at Ring of Honor, talking about how Ring of Honor has been um, known to kind of skate by on regulations as far as having medical staff available, uh, concussion protocol, you know, things like that. Um, 
it is honestly one of the more entertaining Twitter follows. Um, that's Joey Mercury. I think the handle is Mercury in retrograde. But yeah, he is on kind of a, a crusade or a mission to expose Ring of Honor and hopefully kind of force her and um, will affect some change. Um, but yeah, that's... Well, anyway, that, that's kind of the buildup. So what happened now is with all the the uh, controversy that Mercury has been has been stirring up, Kelly Klein's kind of been caught in the middle. And now one of the things is, is she's actually been providing Joey Mercury with, like, evidence, you know, text messages that she's gotten, emails, clauses in her contract, just stuff like that, you know, stuff that, you know, more or less should be innocuous. But it, it's not. Ring of Honor, um, because of that, terminated her contract um they said that she provided confidential documents to an outside source yada 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 she moved on so just to kind of recap kelly klein woman of honor champion suffers a concussion doesn't get it diagnosed because of a lack of medical staff has to cancel book dates so she can recover uh the producer that helped her um gets fired or ends up having to resign from the, the company and because of that the the uh, the ill feelings and the situation that was left cost kelly klein her job now i i know that you know maybe there are different ways you can spin that but just kind of that face value that's what i'm seeing and you know i one think think it is a a detestable business practice okay to um you know, not put the well-being and the health of your talent and, and you know, of your employees um, above everything else. So, you know, that's one thing. I don't work there, though. I don't know what the rules are. I don't I've never actually been to a ring of a show, so I don't know firsthand, you know, what that looks like. What I can tell you, though, is. To seemingly. Retaliate against somebody who only provided messages and emails and all that from your company because you maybe can't retaliate against a whistleblower like that's not okay and that's something that maybe will would speak to a problem with management with ring of honor anyway the long and the short of it is this um it seems like we are cresting towards kind of a shift with Ring of Honor, and it's it's sorely needed. You know, not too long ago, Ring of Honor was looked at as the, you know, premier, second-tier um, American wrestling brand. Right behind, or like, you know, it was WWE, and then it, admittedly distant second was Ring of Honor. It's been a while since, you know, the wrestling world and, and wrestling fans have felt that way about Ring of Honor. There have been a number of recent missteps and, um, you know, uh, issues with mismanagement and all of that. And, you know, I just hope that there is a change that is affected with Ring of Honor, that they are able to start, you know, building on the fan base that they still have and, you know, putting out a better product and having more compelling stories and, and you know, doing all the things that made Ring of Honor um, a success when it was. Because I'll be honest with you, as much as I'd like to say it was different, Ring of Honor really hasn't been all that much of a success lately. So here's to hoping that that turns around. And one thing I will say, they do have a big show coming up. So, you know, optimistically, this could be where it, it turns around. And it is one um, where there are some interesting names. I am going to go ahead and go down that card. 
It is a Ring of Honor final battle. Um, that's going to be on December 13th. Uh, we do have the Ring of Honor World Championship being defended, uh, currently held by Roosh, uh, formerly of CMLL fame in Mexico. He is their world champion, and I believe he is on kind of an exclusive deal with them, um, at least stateside. But he's defending that belt against uh, PCO, who is a, a wrestling bionic man i guess i mean i'm not sure how you how you say it but this guy he's been around since before i was a wrestling fan he's been around since early 1990s and uh he's gone through kind of a renaissance and a rebirth the last year two years or so um and he's a big, big player with um ring of honor so that's kind of an interesting pairing they're working on top for the world championship um we do have the ring of honor tv championship that's going to be defended by shane taylor versus uh dragon lee dragon lee is one of the most exciting wrestlers in the world he's a guy that's getting a lot of um momentum and a lot of attention he seems to make fans everywhere he goes i was actually one of them so um cool guy to watch recommend checking that out dragon lee's a big deal shane taylor's been on a been on kind of a tear lately as well and he is a um you know building towards the main event there at ring of honor uh probably the odds on pick for match of the night We're, we are going to have the ring of honor tag championships defended currently held by the briscoes um they're going to be defended against the team of jay lethal and jonathan gresham honestly that match probably has four of the best uh, or most entertaining well-known wrestlers on this card so uh, it'll be fun to watch and again my odds on pick for match of the night um, getting through the rest of the card, just want to talk about some big names. We do have Bully Ray making a return to the ring. He'll be in the, the ring against Mark Haskins. Um, we do have Marty Scurll on the card. Him and Flip Gordon, uh, representing Villain Enterprises, are going to be wrestling. It looks like, I want to say it's CMLL. I don't know for sure. Um, but it's Bandito and Flamita um, of, I believe it's CML, uh, of CMM, CMLL. And then uh, we do have Jeff Cobb and his... Uh, uh, opponent has been confirmed as Dan Maff. So that'll be a big time bruiser um, you know, type of match. Uh, Jeff Cobb is probably the, I, I want to say he's the best, you know, in-ring performer at Ring of Honor. I will go so far as to say he probably is one of the strongest guys they have there. Um, he's a guy who in this last year has really helped himself, maybe a little more than that ever since the um, Battle of LA finals. But He's been great. He's one of my favorites to watch. Uh, really recommend checking out the card. So, again, that is Ring of Honor Final Battle uh, on December 13th. All right. So thanks for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. That was the sec the second ever episode of the undercard. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Any feedback, you know, please don't be shy. You can get at the show. Our Twitter handle is at botched underscore finish. Uh, my, uh, you can get at me. That's Rob Lopaki at rob lopaki r-o-b-l-o-p-a-k-i um really love interacting with with other wrestling fans it's honestly the reason that we started this whole podcast idea so don't be shy um also if you would be so kind as to uh rate reply comment um all of that dude we we really appreciate the support um thank you for your time and as always man thanks for listening